Hello from the Clio Cloud Conference 2016 in Chicago, Illinois. I'm Joshua Lennon. And I'm Kimberly Motley. And we're on the road with Legal Talk Network. Thank you so much for joining us on the road. It's a pleasure to be here. Today we're talking with Kim Motley about her work as one of the few foreign trained lawyers practicing in Afghanistan. Kimberly, how many foreign trained lawyers currently practice in Afghanistan? I believe totally there are, let me see, one, two, three, four. Four. Um, including myself. The other three are, are friends of mine and they're mm -hmm. good lawyers, um, but I believe I'm the only one that goes to court that litigates. Wow, you are the only foreign trained litigator in Afghanistan. And are you also the only foreign trained female litigator in Afghanistan? No, there's, no. there are Afghan female litigators in mm -hmm. Afghanistan. But there are Afghani trained lawyers? Yes, there yes. are. So it's a very unusual role. How did you become a litigator in Afghanistan? Well, I mean, basically, I just read the law, mm -hmm. and I met a lot of foreigners that were locked up in the country. Yeah. And the law allowed for me to litigate in Afghanistan as a foreigner, mm -hmm. and the foreigners wanted me to litigate for them in Afghanistan. So with okay. the combination of the two, that's mm -hmm. how I started litigating there. So you've been litigating in Afghanistan since 2008. You originally were over in Afghanistan as part of a Department of State program on the rule of law. Mm -hmm. Why did you decide to join that Department of State program? Well, it really was a financial decision. Before I went to Afghanistan, I was working as a public defender for a little over five years in Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. And I very much loved that job. Mm -hmm. I love litigating. I love my clients. I love the action of court, um, but financially, I wanted other options, which is why I originally went to Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. With that program with the U.S. Department of State, I did that for one year, and in 2009, I quit that job, and then I began my, began my private practice. Okay. So your private practice is Motley Legal. What type of cases have you handled in the past? Well, I've handled a lot of different cases. Mm -hmm. I've handled uh, criminal work, commercial cases, some civil work. I'm not a huge fan of civil work, to be honest, but mm -hmm. I mostly focus on criminal and commercial cases. Anywhere from, for criminal cases, anywhere from representing someone for theft to murder, for commercial work, anywhere from, you know, dealing with tax, dealing with business registrations, dealing with, you know, uh, mergers, acquisitions, uh, things like that. So the, the practice is very broad, mm -hmm. which is what I love. You've done some groundbreaking work in Afghanistan, including shepherding through the first criminal and civil enforcement of domestic violence statutes. How did you become involved in domestic violence issues in Afghanistan? Well, I mean, basically I had uh, certain Afghan women that were interested in seeing if I could help represent them in court because they were having difficulty in finding other lawyers to represent them in court. Because again, like I said, as victims of violence, as victims of domestic violence, no one really saw that as something that they could represent them on, despite the fact that there was a law that was available to them to allow for that representation. In your keynote address to the Clio Cloud Conference attendees, you actually came forth with a maxim on Motley's Law, mm -hmm. kind of a guiding principle. And it's taking a look at justice, but also understanding that there are cultural barriers and issues that might need to be addressed as part of justice. What are some of those issues that you've had to address in your practice in Afghanistan and other countries? 
Well, I mean, one thing that I love about Motley's Law, which is a, a way the way that I practice law, Motley's Law means to me the immersive practice of law that takes into consideration cultural, societal, environmental, and other factors. So it's working the system from the inside out, the ground up. And I find that culturally speaking, you know, it's it's very interesting to, in, in order to understand how to practice law, especially in a jurisdiction like Afghanistan, you really need to have some type of grasp of the culture. And this includes where you can't be shy, you have to talk to the people. Mm-hmm. You need to be very open-minded. You need to have hard discussions with people. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of observing, but even more importantly, there's a lot of listening that it involves. It's not a judgmental practice that I have mm-hmm. um, in terms of I'm not in Afghanistan or any other country necessarily to change the culture. That is not my role. My role is to represent my clients in the best way that they deserve to be represented. Mm-hmm. And so you have to sometimes do things that you may not be comfortable doing as a lawyer, but are culturally acceptable within that jurisdiction. For instance, in a place like Afghanistan, in America, we say things like, you know, he allegedly, you know, did X, Y, and Z. He Mm -hmm. allegedly, you know, went to the store and stole this. I find that in Afghanistan, you have to be more affirmative with how you speak about things. There's no allegedly. You know, either they did this or they didn't do it, especially with defense legal practice. um, Even though there is the burden of proof beyond a reasonable doubt, any doubt, Mm -hmm. um, is a real issue in representing clients. And so I find that that is something that's very different culturally in Afghanistan compared to obviously being an attorney practicing in the U.S. You brought forth a, a great example in your talk about also using the culture in the aid of your clients and talking mm-hmm. about how you are a woman, you're practicing in Afghanistan, mm-hmm. and some of your clients are women, and that gives you access mm-hmm. to them that a male lawyer may not have. So it's a sensitivity to culture that is coming forth in Montsley Law that's aiding your clients. Right. It's okay. a sensitivity to culture, but it's also, frankly, a respect for yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not saying, you know, I definitely respect other people's cultures, but I also sort of have my own expectations of myself. Mm-hmm. and what I will and will not do within different cultures. Okay, thank you. You've talked about some actually unusual skills that you've, you've kind of learned as part of your training mm-hmm. to be a foreign, a foreign lawyer in Afghanistan, mm-hmm. one of which was learning how to ride a motorcycle. Mm-hmm. Uh, why a motorcycle? Well, I mean, I, I, well, A, it's cool, mm-hmm. and B, um, and frankly, more practically speaking, mm-hmm. I think especially in a country like Afghanistan, I know how to ride a bike, mm-hmm. I know how to drive a car, I know how to swim, and I needed to know how to ride a motorcycle in case there are any security issues, and mm-hmm. what if the mo- a motorcycle is my only mode of transportation? Yeah. So from a practical sense, it makes sense that I should learn how to ride a motorcycle because that translates to not only helping my security situation in Afghanistan, but also in many other countries mm-hmm. where people ride motorcycles and cars and things like that. It's a very common mode of transportation in many of the countries you've talked about lit- litigating in. So Afghanistan, Myanmar. Are there any other skills that are maybe not traditional for a lawyer that you've picked up? 
I think I definitely have to really take into consideration security concerns more mm -hmm. than I think the average lawyer mm -hmm. um, and how I choose to deal with those issues. Um, for many of my cases, I think it's, it's I, I probably have, and I'm on the high end of the spectrum in terms of people reacting to my cases and maybe liking it or not liking it. Mm -hmm. And so I need to, to take into consideration security concerns and how I choose to deal with people or how I choose not to deal with people, mm -hmm. um, which I think is, is unusual for a lawyer practicing, it, generally speaking. It absolutely is, but very inspiring, mm -hmm. the challenges that you've overcome in order to provide legal services. Mm -hmm. You mentioned that Monthly Legal provides pro bono legal services as well. How much of the work done by Motley's Law is pro bono work? Well, at least 30% of our work is pro bono work, and I consider mm -hmm. myself to be a global investor in human rights. We are a private for-profit practice, and I'm a private for-profit lawyer that chooses to engage in pro bono work. And I, I I say that because I think there's a lot of uh, human rights lawyers who are doing wonderful jobs around the world and representing their clients, but they don't necessarily get the credit that's due to them, and they carry a very large torch. Mm -hmm. And I think as a private attorney, it's up to me, as well as other attorneys, to really step up to the plate and to understand that we all, as lawyers, have an obligation to do some type of pro bono work, whatever that may be. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I choose to invest so much into my uh, human rights or pro bono legal practice. You described that the rule of law is not quite as meaningful as it should be if there are not roles of law. Mm -hmm. And I was very inspired by that. What are some of the roles of law that attorneys can step up and provide in any society? Well, I mean, I think as lawyers, we really have an obligation to educate our clients and to educate people about what the laws actually are. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, I see a lot of lawyers, they sort of really try to monopolize the law in some way mm -hmm. because they feel that it will increase their bottom line as okay. lawyers, you know, if they don't share with clients what the laws are. Mm -hmm. I've always been one to really try to educate my clients. I think as a lawyer, it's my job to educate you in a way that you won't need me one day and you can handle this yourself. Mm -hmm. And I don't think, I think a lot of lawyers don't necessarily share that philosophy. Um, but You're I not think looking for repeat clients, but in a good way. I prefer not to have repeat clients, actually. Mm -hmm. I prefer for to have a client one time and then they move on with their lives and they can handle mm -hmm. their situations um, because I think that's what good lawyering is. Mm -hmm. um, but again, well, everyone doesn't share that philosophy. So a lot of the lawyers that use Clio are in solo and small law firms and they tend to employ a family member. It turns mm -hmm. out that Motley's Law employs a family member as well. Mm -hmm. uh, who works at Motley Law that helps you out? Well, um, Claudier, my husband, he works mm -hmm. for Motley's Law. He's the CFO, so he handles all the finances, mm -hmm. which is great because I can't stand billing and finances. Yeah. Um, and so that that's, you know, it's very helpful. Excellent. <laughs> uh, it was just... I saw a wave of recognition when you mentioned that in your talk mm -hmm. of people who maybe couldn't relate to learning how to ride a motorcycle as part of the practice of law going, my husband works in my law firm too. Right. Uh, and it was such a, a, a moment of recognition and personalization mm -hmm. that came across. So mm -hmm. thank you for mentioning that. I know it's, it's tough sometimes to share the personal side yeah, of our no lives problem. as well. I know I couldn't take all the credit with him sitting in the audience. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> 
Do you have any advice for lawyers who are looking to involve more pro bono work in their practice, no matter where they're located? Well, I mean, I, I think that uh, lawyers should, shouldn't be afraid to do it. Um, I think that it's, it's a good thing. I think they'll feel good. Mm -hmm. I think they'll be better lawyers themselves. Don't be afraid of taking cases where you may not be familiar with that certain area of law, but mm -hmm. be willing to educate yourself, which I think is extremely important as lawyers, that we're constantly learning. I'm always constantly learning and growing as a person and as a lawyer. And I think that's also important for other lawyers. Mm -hmm. I think it's very important to also be very open-minded with your legal practice. And maybe um, if you're a commercial lawyer, then dive into some criminal stuff um, mm -hmm. pro bono. Okay. Just get your feet wet a little bit. It won't yeah. hurt. It'll give somebody some help that they need, give you some experience, and maybe a nice story to tell out of it later. Right. Yeah. What's next for Motley's Law? Well, I mean, what's next for Motley's Law is I'd really would love to create a Justice League, a Motley League mm -hmm. of lawyers around the world that does this type of work um, where we don't necessarily have, we're, we're backpack lawyers that whose offices are on an airplane that fly mm -hmm. to different countries doing cases. Mm -hmm. And I would love to sort of create that type of collaborative environment um, with other lawyers that are willing to sort of maybe join me or we collaborate together on creating this new very exciting Motley's way yeah. of practicing law. Well, I know Cleo would be very interested in helping support that from a technology point of view. Mm -hmm. So if there's anything we can do, please let us know. Okay. I want to thank you for coming to the Cleo Cloud Conference and being a part of this great conversation. It was very inspiring. And I think an important reminder of the good that lawyers can do. Mm -hmm. So we often talk about technology and the benefits that lawyers can accrue, mm -hmm. but it was nice to flip that conversation and look at the good that can come from lawyering and that should be top of mind for us. I want to thank our guest, Kim Motley, for joining us today. We want to thank our listeners for turning in. If you liked what you heard today, please rate us in iTunes. We'll see you next time for another episode of On the Road with Legal Talk Network. Thank you. If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS. Find us on Twitter and Facebook. Or download our free Legal Talk Network app in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thank you.